Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper, you are live from the path. You're listening to Live from the Path here in the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper. Yep, definitely. It's good to be with you. I practiced that uh, opening day. That was strong. Yeah. What do you mean? Which, which part of it? When I said, yep, definitely, I thought, how am I going to contribute to this opening to really give it a whiz-bang? And I thought, you should say, yep, definitely. Hey, yeah, that did it. That yeah, did it. That did it. certainly did. Hey, okay, here's what we got going on the show tonight. Here's what I think is happening on the show tonight. Um, so I had, I, I'm, I have some Pope style. Okay. I have some Pope style advice. Uh, people be on my lawn and, I, and have mistaken me for the Pope. Um, so I've, I've got some Pope style advice, and it has to do with um, uh, it has to do with listening. And so I'll, I'll uh, li- listening listening carefully. And, okay, well, I'll, I'll talk about it when I get there. But that's that's it. Pope style advice around listening carefully. Um, we, we also and I admit, Mike Mike and Dan, you guys can help me make sure I frame this correctly. But I was we were talking just before the show started, and um, it, it had to do with. I think some of the things that we are noticing with, with folks, um, with their expectations about their relationship with God, um, specifically kind of how God interacts with them. And I think it brought up the question, is, is there the phrase, it's not a religion, it's a relationship? Are, are there risks associated with how we otherwise think about or define relationship that otherwise produce expectations for folks with how they interact with God that, that, that aren't, aren't necessarily true, aren't biblically true, or, or probably are the wrong expectation. So that's the question that we want to answer. Um, it's not intended to, to necessarily like pick on the phrase, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. But like, I, I do wonder if, that, uh, if there are, that is contributing to, to some of the things that were, that, like, I guess that I've seen, and it sounds like consistently we've seen with people in faith and uh, times where they get frustrated um, and so I'll, I'll give some examples when we get there, but that we want to try to answer that question. Yeah. Um, what, what else did you did you guys have anything else? I can't remember. I had some. Uh, I had some uh, dear life from the path. Okay. We, yeah. People, hey, man. The, the the internet has been squandering. I mean, they've been been wandering the grounds with no help. I, here's here's what I think. I I, I mean, I I probably run into fifty a hundred people a day, right? And I, every time I talk to them, I notice that if they would just take my advice, their life would be better. <laughs> And so I thought, I mean, we've, yeah, we've let this go for way too long. <laughs> we, need, we need to really spice this back up and get some advice out there because people are, I mean, they're drowning. They're drowning, Ben. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So anyway, that's what we got going on the show tonight. Yeah. Oh, we're excited for it. So uh, maybe let's, let's start out with, um, let's start out with the, that second thing. The, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. So uh, here's, here's what I've, um, things that I've seen multiple times, I'll put it that way, is people that are, uh, they have a relationship with Jesus. They are, uh, shoot, I already used the word. Nope, give it away. They have a, um, uh, they're in the church. Um, they're, they're doing things that otherwise say, that's a Christian right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I spotted him. <laughs> so, um, and then after there's, a, and they tend to be highly motivated people and they tend to have this kind of clear direction uh, of how things are supposed to go in their lives. And then, Something happens. It's either like a, a negative event or things that don't tend to go how they expected. 
And then the, the conversation generally centers around uh, God stopped listening. I kept talking, God stopped listening. I kept not hearing anything back. And so uh, th that's kind of the, the, the gist of the setup. And then as, as that goes, like they the, from their perspective, they talk and talk and talk, and God just doesn't respond. Um, and and the, the, the feeling is that either God's not real or he's abandoned them. Either way, um, this isn't a relationship that, that seems appropriate to be in or that I want to be in anymore. And then it, they generally don't throw in the towel, but it's just kind of a slow walk away. Yeah, it's a slow burning candle. Yeah, and so like it doesn't be like, hey, I reject God. There's just like this vague sense that he's rejected me. Uh, and and, and it, yeah, it's just like a slow fade where like everything that's otherwise kind of surrounded them starts to kind of fade away. They start hanging around with different types of folks. They, they kind of start coming to church intermittently. Um, anything that they had that I would consider a, a, a good discipline or a biblical fence with uh, Bible reading or study or listening to things like it just it kind of all starts to fall off. And then they get six months down the road and like they would not necessarily say that they're not a Christian, but like they're super like smoky foggy about it <laughs> yeah. um it starts with a discouragement and leads to almost an anger yeah, yeah. you know yeah yeah but but i i don't know like um it, there's there's weird nuances to it because like i think you get a couple years down the road and the, the, those folks will hit a crossroad and either they completely bail or they try to jump back in but in that interim like six months to 18 months uh, like they're just super non-committal about anything. Like they don't want to. They don't want to say, and they're like they won't even tell you like what's wrong or like what specific thing that they're, they're they're fretting over or, or the situation. It's just like like real ethereal type. Yeah, and it's super difficult to deal with. Like you can, well, and when I say that, I mean you can't help. There's like, like it, it's frustrating because you see someone that's languishing and like there's just not a way to help. And so. Um, so, so base level, so let, let, let's start with level one. Someone comes up and says, hey, look, I, I, I'm talking to God and I'm not hearing anything back. What are the types of things that you respond back to? Go ahead, Dan. Well, I, I, I always go back to, well, you have to remember he's God and you are not. I mean, you know, he'll do what he says he pleases. You know, and you're, you're following him. He's not following you. So, so be patient. Uh, that's, that's so hard for us to say. We're so impatient. We want things now, um, and and we want tingly feelings, and we want answers to prayer. We want to check off every prayer request we have, and and we want to feel like we're skipping down the hallway with hand in hand with God and into the sunset. You know, because we don't do that in the hallway to a sunset. But <laughs> <laughs> this is the coolest hallway ever. <laughs> this is going downhill quick. <laughs> Who built this thing? <laughs> I came with a better idea than all that sentence. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's expectations that, that are being dashed. And, and it's like, just just calm down. Just just take a breath and, and wait on God. That, that's no, no, one. no one likes to hear that, though. Yeah, nobody likes it. It's like, you're full of crap. Yep. yep. I, I'm still not feeling it. Well, that's my point. You're yeah. not. Right. right. Actually, so, so like, I... I I've been milling this over a little bit for the exact same reasons, right? The amount of just just the folks around me and, and people that I've run into. And ah, if you don't be honest with myself every once in a while, you know what I'm saying? Like I just uh, I, I was thinking about it, and I thought it started occurring to me that I don't know where I got this notion that that God acts this way. Like I've I've got it from maybe people who follow Jesus that I know, who who God seems to interact in a very uh, more charismatic way than maybe He interacts with me, as far as I can tell, right? But like if you look back to say. Biblical examples. Um, the one that just popped in my head was was when uh, Saul was trying to kill David, right? And uh, David goes and hides. 
And it doesn't say that like David's like, Lord, what should I do? And then he stood still waiting for God to say, go hide somewhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and then once I hid, hey, there's bread here. Should we ask if we could have some? I'll hang tight. And, and then, you know what I'm saying? Like, but this, this is the type of relationship that, that, that they're looking for, right? Like I asked God this big, huge question and, and, and he's like, uh, you know, I, I've, I've not provided a bunch of examples in my Bible where I interact this way. I've, I, I do show that I interact with my people, and I do answer prayers, and I, I will insert myself into the, the, the rhythms of creation um, when I choose to. Um, but, but, I mean, you don't even see historical biblical characters asking for interaction this way from God, right? Like even, the, right. even, even Mary and Joseph on, on Jesus' birth, like the angel showed up and told them, but it doesn't say Mary was asking. <laughs> like it's not like he came every every couple days. How's it going? Right. You know, we, we read it like he's just always there. And it's like, no. Then then all of a sudden the shepherds showed up. You know, nine months later, and and oh, you heard from God too. And it was like, right. It's not like they're all singing kumbaya every day. Yeah. Right. We were just talking about that uh, example in um, it was Acts sixteen and seventeen, right? Like Paul's Paul's second missionary journey. He's uh. They get done and things are going well in Antioch or whatever, and the Jerusalem Council happens, and then then Paul's like, "Hey, we should we should go back. We should go back and check on them, see how everyone's doing." And like, there's been angels and like intervening messages all over Acts. You don't see it here. This is just Paul saying, "You know what? This seems like a good idea. Let's do that." Yeah, yeah. And, and he hits some some towns and he keeps a roll, and then he thinks we think it would be good to go to Asia, and then the Holy Spirit stops them, and you're like, "Well." Okay, God said not to go here. Let's keep rocking. Gets the dream from the Macedonian man, and then they go, and he's like, "Well, seems like we're supposed to go to Macedonia." But like, so, so there, there, there's like, um, it's it's a mix, right? Like, there's there's a there's a notion that God will step in, God will help guide your path to the extent that it that there's something specific that He's after. But like, it's not like all these decisions are being made uh, where they're they're just sitting there and saying the the Holy Spirit will breathe into my ear what to do. It's like the, the wording is really we think this would be a good idea, and the Lord says, "Yeah, I expect you to put two thoughts together after we've kind of talked and you have a rough idea of how things work. Go ahead and go, and then uh, if it seems like you're going off track, I'll step in and say, you know what, don't go to Asia. I'll, I'll get, Peter will take care of." It. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it, it's just interesting. You, you're right. Like, we just have this expectation of of interaction from God, and it's. Um, we probably have the sense that, like, whatever it is that we're asking him is, like, different, is super important. Like, don't you know, Lord, like, I'm hanging it on the line here. I want to give everything to you. I'm just asking you as I s sit here in the pantry praying for a guidance, just give this to me so I'll know what to do, as if that is a greater consequence, like, like as if we're kind of moving the Lord's desire to be, interact with someone based upon what we've decided to put on the line is, like, the big item. <laughs> Yeah, and so like it comes from I think it comes from a right understanding, a quasi right understanding. Right, it says I want I want to do what God wants me to do. Right, it's the right underlying desire. The heart's right. Yeah, the, the heart is correct. But there there is a bit of a um, of a lack of maturity relative to everything else that God has kind of put in place. Like it says that you know what your the scripture is not good enough, uh, even though you gave it to us. The institution, uh, the, the creation of the community of the church and the and the brothers and sisters, like there's there's a reason we use family language here um, to otherwise help with these types of things. Uh, think think of what God has made humanity, uh, Christian followers responsible for. Like the, the we're the bearers of the good news. It's the highest possible job you could have, 
and and, and you're kind of looking at, at this same group of people and saying, yeah, but that's not going to cut it. The Lord must respond to me directly. There is no wisdom anywhere else here. And so, like, it, it is, it's just a, um, it, it's actually not even a reasonable conclusion. Well, and so, and, and, and so maybe that's the, that's the crux of our, our religion relationship yeah. question is, 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 is where did these expectations come from? You know, where we expect God to, to, to act in this, uh, in this whatever way. And when he doesn't, then we start, and then you start to see the, the, the smokiness, right? The, the smoky, well, you know, I, I asked for this and, and gave it on the line and then you didn't answer. And then I start getting kind of fuzzy and fading out and whatever. And then like, if you put it in, in a worldly example a little bit, it's like, you're, you're actually more willing at that point to give your boss honor and glory than you are in the faith in the God that you said you had, right? Because when God didn't answer your thing, then you start floating away and start kind of going off to do your own thing. But like, if you sent an email to your boss and he didn't respond, you would continue to show up and work because <laughs> you, know what I'm saying? you would just show up because you know how the place runs. You've been working there. You would just continue to do other things. You're like, boss, I got this great idea. We should install this over by the water cooler. It's going to boost productivity. And it's crickets, man. He don't answer your email for nothing. You see him in the halls. He's not on vacation. He's just flat out not answering you. And guess what? You're going to be in that chair tomorrow, 9 a.m. Doing work because you know how the thing goes, right? And so you are, you are willing to give your company, your boss, whatever, this certain amount of honor and duty, and then the God that you claim to know, to know, to be the creator of the universe and father to us all, you're like, hey, you know, I'm just going to slowly slip out the back, <laughs> you know, because I don't dig on this anymore. And so does it, does it really boil down to that you, you didn't have a solid belief in it in the first place? Like, you didn't actually believe it. Because here's the thing, if God chooses to ignore you, like, if you, if you know he's creator God and you know that he's, king of everything, then you go, does it really matter? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really have much of a choice in the deal. He gets to ignore me all he wants. He's sovereign king. <laughs> what am I going to do? Where else can I go? <laughs> we, we all want to be the, the star of the story. You know, we, we read David and Goliath, and we're either David or Goliath. We're not one of the 10,000 soldiers sitting in a tent eating our peanut butter sandwiches, right. scared the crap out of us because Goliath is going to kill us. You know, we're praying. We're praying, God, what do you want us to do? God, raise up somebody. But, but, but we all want to be David. Yeah, and, and and God only called one David. Is this a, is this a, is this a Western civilization problem? I think it is. Is it? You, I mean, be like the whole does the whole world suffer this this David complex? We have this king of the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're special participation trophies. I mean, it goes beyond that. I mean, because previous generations didn't have participation trophies. But but that's just that's just our thing. We, oh, we they melted them down for bullets. We were really apostles. <laughs> I'm at least one of the 12 apostles. I mean, yeah, yeah right. We're, we're okay with being the B apostle characters, right? But no one ever considers we're the guy that peed ourselves in front of Goliath and went back to the tent waiting for David to show up. You're like, you know, I relate to that guy, the pee defense yeah. man. I'm not the unnamed guy in the church. I'm <laughs> Have a name. Yeah, that's true. When it says many, many, and thousands became followers of Jesus that day, or whatever yeah, yeah, at Pentecost, yeah. we're like, that ain't one of us. Oh, no, we're the mission, me. Yeah. We're one of the dudes by name shouting out weird languages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 809. That's me. <laughs> I'm convert 809. But honestly, I think we struggle with that, that we want to be special. And, and we're told that, you know, part of that is, is the culture. Uh, it's the American, the Western preacher. It's, it's our books, our songs. You know about this love relationship we have with God. We get a sloppy wet kiss, and, and you know all this great, wonderful stuff. And it's like, no, you're a dude who's following Jesus. So shut up and just follow. <laughs> yeah. So it, that, that's, it's interesting, right? Because like there are attempts to, it, just like the phrase, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. There are attempts to 
uh, help us understand on a human level things about God that, that seem difficult, like uh, grace, mercy, love. Like, it puts it in the context of a friend. I mean, they're, they're biblical concepts, right? It's not like the Bible doesn't speak to those types of things. But, like, when you niche them out and, they, and you start to take that and allow that to define everything about that, uh, about your interaction with God, you, you start to run the risk, right? Because, like, Mike, back to what you had said, you had said, you know, is it possible they didn't believe it to begin with? I, I don't know if it's so much that, but if I walked in and I and I was told that it's not a religion, it's a relationship with God, and the way that I think of a relationship, like, I bring all my, everything that I believe associated with a relationship into my, how I think I interact with God, right? And so, like, some of that is to help me conceptualize how I might actually have a relationship with God. Um, but, but it is not intended to actually, I think, give you a full perspective of your, inter, of your uh, interaction with God. And so but where that falls through, though, where our examples fall through, we then run into a problem. We say, well, I was told this was a relationship. This doesn't feel like a relationship. Either God's not real or he hates me. Either, and, right, and so, so you come to a false conclusion um, because you misunderstood the nature of God and your interaction with him. Um, and when I say Mr. Stone, I, I, I mean, you, you probably just didn't get a whole picture. You just got a, a snippet uh, of which wrongly contextualized how you actually interact with God and how he interacts with you. You know, even, even the preacher will tell us that uh, if we're the only one, Jesus would have died for us. Right, right. And I've, always, I've often thought, uh, really? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, can you, do you guys can you think of a scripture that would say that? Or would he go, ah, it's only one. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, really, I, really, I really screwed up when I made Carl. <laughs> I mean, I really don't know. I just think, gosh, we're taking liberty there with God, saying, oh, he'd go to the cross if it was just for you. And I think, because that, 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 that kind of raises the, the, the non-believer right there to, no, God loves you. You're special. Right. You know, I think, well, you are. I mean, he, he did die for you, but he died yeah. for all of us. Yeah. But is that going too far? Well, I, I think that well, I think you're right. I think I feel like that's a that's a Western individual. Where like other cultures would accept it as it was done for humanity. I'm part of humanity. That's that's enough. That's still a fantastic gift. Right. Where where if it was not a personalized gift for me, and you wouldn't have done it just for me, then I'm slightly offended because I'm all right. You know. Hey, I'd be I'd be interested to see uh, Dan. Maybe 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 you can ask Zimbabwe pastor. I, I'd be interested to know. If they struggle with uh, what, what's the part, and I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking of the book, but where where it talks about being saved uh, through childbirth, um, right. yeah. So the things that that imply um, at, at least where we struggle, like it seems like there's a relationship uh, to like being close to someone, and that salvation is like related to that family covenant type thing. Yeah, and I, I just be kind of and like I mean I, I don't think it's it's not uh, just because you know you married to me you win but like I, i'm just kind of interested on things that we super struggle with because when i when he was on the cross i was on his mind and i think to my and i and it's a very hyper individualized thought process like we do struggle with being part of a saved kingdom versus being a saved person that then gets the tag as a kingdom fella um and so it's it, and as a matter of fact i had i found this on amazon uh two years ago and I, i've been waiting for someone to do a used one but no one's turning them in but like I, i'd like to see uh there's an african um uh, bible commentary like a study bible um that's, that's from africa i have one one of us the same one uh maybe it is it's got like a picture of the continent on the front 
think so. Have you read it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I actually read it several years ago, and I, I would I kind of forgot about it. Because I like, sitting on my desk, it's on my timing. You know, I'm gonna check it out when I get home. Because I had heard about it too. I thought, I'm gonna try this out. And yeah. I really liked it. Because because I think it's interesting to see like what we get hung up on culturally. Like obviously, the, the, the gospel's been able to permeate the world, um, and. For the most part, everyone's getting a consistent message, but it's, it's weird where the places where like our hills to die on exist. And it'd be interesting to see what was I, what did I hear one time that someone was talking to uh, Bible scholars in, in like Russia or um, like Sudan or places where like there are, um, uh, there's a lot of oppression uh, by like dictators and stuff. And so like, I mean, we really sweat the, the Canaanites, right? Where like people go, like God going in there and taking out these people are like, oh man, I just can't take the moralness of it. And like, these fellows are not having that problem whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they're looking at it saying, "Yeah, this seems, yeah, yeah, that's that's right," <laughs> um, because they're coming from like they're they're on the oppressive side, right? And so we're like we because <laughs> our history, uh, let's go with Anglo-Saxon kind of history has a has a history of aggression. There's like a guilt associated with going in and chucking people out of land and taking it over. Uh, and so, like, we identify with, like, potentially national sins of the past or cultural sins of the past. And so, like, we're trying to kind of weep and plead through this understanding of how God could be associated with something we seem so terrible. And then guys on the other side of the continent are, are like, on the, haven't been on the other side of this thing and, and, and evil, oppressive regimes and people sacrificing kids to false gods. And they're like, yeah, you know what? God, God did good. Yep. Like this was the thing to do. Only way to win is to clear him out. <laughs> yeah. And so, so it's it's just interesting. Um, and it's, here's the thing: is where we run a risk. Uh, we, we talk a lot. Uh, it comes up on the show a lot where we talk about kind of Western problems. I think it's because you want to recognize the problems that exist in your backyard. I'm not implying that uh, there aren't Eastern beliefs that are problematic. Um, and that the, you know everyone in Sudan's got this thing nailed, but I'm just saying like but we've got to be a little careful that we are not completely uh, blinded by our own uh, movie movie theater here uh, on how we see the world, and that like we've kind of got the the market cornered on perspectives when like there are brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world who will who just will will take those things indifferently. They're not they're not struggling with certain other things we're struggling with. It's it's actually interesting to think that like all the. Um, all the inspirational Bible verses or whatever that we put on uh, posters and T-shirts or whatever we use to remind us, um, you know, things about God that we want to remember. Like they were all from from letters written to large groups of people, right? Like there, there's not one letter in the in the New Testament that is addressed to like one fella. Well, Philemon, Philemon Timothy, Philemon, uh, yeah, Timothy and Philemon, and Philemon. Yeah, right. I, I don't know. Do people Boy, do they pull a lot of inspirational Boy, quotes out of Timothy? You're wrong, man. <laughs> I was more thinking like the Colossians and Ephesians. Like these are the things that are dominating inspirational quotes, right? Um, so, but but like we take um, um, and we've we've talked about the you know the knit in mother's womb and Jeremiah and and like these things are like I, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Like that's for me, you know. And 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 like it's some of these things that 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 you know he was addressing a, a large group of people, you know, and we use them as a, as a personal battle battle cry of of sorts, you know. And like I I don't know that 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 happens. Uh, across the world, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that if that's the mindset. Like, I have to have my own personal Bible verse. Hey, man, that's be super interesting to see what um, what people are posting. Well, shoot, actually, uh, Sarfraz put post stuff every once in a while. I should go back and look and just see like he's Pakistani. Um, like to, to see what kind of things are motivating or inspiring uh, folks of other cultures, and like how much of that is is me centered versus uh, group centered. Yeah, like group centered. Yeah. 
That'd be interesting. Hmm. So, so, so back to the religion relationship question. Is the religion relationship issue, uh, is the relationship part of it, is, the, is it the individual part that you think is, is getting us caught up? Uh, I think it is, um, I think that the part of it is, is, is like when we think relationship, um, and this is, this is again, we, we've kind of represented this, uh, a lot of Christianity has, um, we think like coffee with Jesus. Or like I speak with him, he speaks back. Like there's just this general thought process on like um, I can I can um, because of the way that we uh, can converse in in the modern times. Like uh, we are waiting for we don't want to wait for answers. And I expect when it's a relationship that there's an equality to it, right? I speak I speak to him, he speaks back to me. That's the nature of a relationship. But like that, I mean that's not really the nature of all relationships. But my relationship with uh, well, hypothetically with my dad is not necessarily that like we are on equal footing like he has a like a role in my life of which I have an interaction and I have a good father but that does not imply an equality necessarily in and, and like it's a it's 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 a picture because obviously trying to understand your relationship with God is 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 always going to be a little bit more or beyond what your earthly relationships are but like if 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 I've brought Jesus down to the coffee shop level and I expect that he that I will I will speak to him and then I will hear back when I want something answered for me, even if my heart is in the right place, to the extent that I do that for years and I don't hear anything back. Um, I, we've actually set someone up for like what are completely reasonable conclusions. If, if I'm supposed to believe that when I speak, he speaks back because he, he wouldn't dare not answer me, um, then either he's not there or he doesn't care. And, and this is where I think that my office example was solid, right? It's like you... <laughs> It's like you emailing the CEO of your Fortune 500 company and saying, "You know what? I could go for a new chair." And then, and, and you expect, and, and you you really go, "I expect an answer from the CEO man about my new chair." And like he sees your email and goes, "You know, I got a million things in place to cover this chair situation. I, it's covered, right? It's 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 done." And and but but you wouldn't assume that. You wouldn't assume that the CEO is going to write you back about the chair on a personal level because it's it's outrageous that's not the hierarchy right your relationship with that guy is much different so well so here's the problem with that is like if i'm uh if i'm the looking for the relationship guy i would say but like god is obviously not constrained by that he's capable of talking to me well and so he's just he's choosing not to respond to my pleading what kind of god wouldn't respond to my pleading one that has plenty of other of of other systems in place to take care of this thing yeah so and i think that's part of the point right it's not it's not saying he can't, and yes, indeed, he is choosing not to, but it, it doesn't necessarily imply that you cannot be helped through the mechanisms that God has otherwise set up. Uh, if you're an atheist, you probably that sounds like a cop-out to you, but like God has set up, a, set up a, a, an infrastructure. Like He set up a means in which um, we have Scripture at our disposal. We have prayer and community. Prayer and community, right? Like, um, and so, you know, we, actually, actually, you know what's interesting? Is that like how often? How often in Jesus's life do we hear God the Father responding to Him directly? Hmm. I got nothing so far. Yeah, yeah. In, like in Jesus's life. Yeah, yeah. Like even like at the baptism. I mean, there's He tells everybody else, "Hey, yeah, <laughs> this guy's right on." My son, <laughs> I'm well pleased. <laughs> Uh, and, and like he talked, CEO sent an email that says, "I'm well pleased." That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Chair request received. <laughs> um, I mean, and you get kind of like uh, you know, like Jesus speaks with confidence, 
he will glorify it. He will glorify it again, right? Like, and, and we see him praying. But like, if if the example, if Jesus is kind of like the, is he? If he's the he's the citizen, he's the guy of who was the example for all citizens. Like some of our expectations at life, when we look at Jesus' interaction, like we still he, see him asking questions that are, imply that he's not going to get a direct answer. Like even the prayer in, in the garden in Gethsemane before he dies, right? He answers his own prayer and says, "If." Here's what I, here's what I would like, if that's the case. Uh, if it's not the case, I'm gonna go ahead and move forward. And like, short of Holy Spirit in Asia saying no, and man from Macedonia, Jesus goes to the cross. And so it's weird sometimes that our expectation is like, how could God ignore me when I've been pleading with Him for multiple years to just respond? And like that is does is it's the wrong expectation. Mm-hmm. And and I and I'm afraid, I guess, and this is the core of of the question is I'm afraid that sometimes when we use phrases like it's not a religion, it's a relationship. Although I agree with it, kind of, because like again, James seems to think like religion is okay because <laughs> uh, <laughs> because he talks about what's a pure and good one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're trying to to, to steer people from an empty, meaningless babbling, right? And, I mean, so like again. Like normal, the the heart is right, the the, the motivation is right, but it, it often is gets interpreted or put into place incorrectly. Yeah, and now he's our buddy, and so and maybe that. So I suppose the the core risk that we're identifying, right, is that like people don't come to uh, peaceful, joy filled kingdom living through pith, right? Through through a through a clever turn of phrase that might get them looking in the right direction, um, and it might even get them strutting in. To, to the place of which they, the, into the baptismal pool, right? But like the full, a fuller understanding of God and his nature, your relationship with him. Because you do have a relationship. Like that's true. It's not like it's not true. Yeah, that's true. You I mean, just you misunderstand. Wanna, you want, we want to undersell this. Like because like, people are going to be like, the Holy Spirit speaks to me or I have a vibrant prayer life where I feel like he talks back to me. Awesome. We're not saying that that doesn't happen, okay? Um, we're just saying that like the generally the, the outpouring of this of this smoky Christian fading or whatever like seems to be this. This seems to be the root. It of seems it. to be the crux of I, just personal experience um, of conversations that I've had. Like this seems to where it orients itself. Yeah, God. I expected God to either answer me or provide this. He didn't. And if I'm not important enough for Him to respond to me, then I'm following. I'm. I'm there's no reason for me to continue to follow. I'll find somewhere else. So, but th- this starts to beg the question, though. Is like. Like, is it is it too far to fall back and say like like it's the it's the as you go part, right? It's the Great Commission where we say, look, if as if, if long as I'm I'm uh, keeping with my scriptures, surrounding myself with community, and and praying and 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 talking to God, then I just go, and then God will put the woe on it. He works in the negative, mm-hmm. and so like I, I'm not going to wait for a positive affirmation for every single thing I do, but I will look for a big brick wall. Put in front of me where God says, nope. I mean, he can he can work in the positive, right? Man from Macedonia in dream is an affirmative stance. Yeah. And, like, obviously the collection of stories we have, like, we talked about this before when we were talking about the guy, uh, who was, how many reasons? 50 reasons? God isn't real? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. so, like, like, we talked about this before, is that, like, Scripture obviously, like, highlights stories. Like, I don't, I didn't turn, Paul's not turning in his journal and sending it to the Ephesians. Right. Like there's there's things that are sticking out where the Holy Spirit has acted or like um, there's specific things that he's seen that he's using. Romans, uh, if you if you want to look at it, like, it's, yes, it's a letter. It's well crafted. Right. Like this is a craft to writing a letter. Um, and so it's a, it's a little bit. We've got to be careful in representing uh, 
um, stories intended to to give us tr- to tell us true things as if they are indicative of what your everyday life has to look like. Otherwise, there's a problem because I think that's that's where like those things do happen. They can happen in in collectively in people's everyday lives. I think there is a risk though in saying um, if. I'm not getting up and speaking and 2,000 people are, are receiving the Holy Spirit today, then obviously something is a muck, either with God's faithfulness to me or my faithfulness to him. And, like, that is where a, a lack of perspective on what is what we're being communicated to starts to run some risks. Um, and so, like, do I think I, – I think we are probably not as receptive to the, the, the work of the Spirit for the individualized reasons that we've been talking about. I think we would probably miss them. Um, again, we, like we get, we're like dreams. No, no, nobody does dreams. Paul got dreams. Macedonia stuff, right? Like, I mean, I think it's possible. Um, and remember, we've we've talked about the examples. A lot of um, a lot of Muslims come to faith in Jesus Christ through dreams because they'll they'll believe them. They'll believe them and they'll react to Jesus showing up to them in that way. And so, I think I think I, I don't want to. Um, I think we'll probably have a have a, a deficit here just in our mind mindset. Like we'll miss it. But then we also seem to have this um, like accusation to god to say i i will speak and you will answer like it's i mean that that reversed the situation job style did it not yeah like that's what that's what we're after here and so so it, I, here's my worry though with 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 what you're saying then is like um if if walk faithfully right in the things that you're doing uh and living a life in honor to jesus christ yeah when a brick wall shows up if you feel like you've been navigating this on your own then the brick wall shows up and you go, that's ah, just a small stool in my way. I will go around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, do you rec- recognize the, the brick wall? Do you, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You're saying that my higher authority, the king of kings, gets to run and interact in my life as he sees fit. But if I'm running the ship 95% of the time, if your wife is running your household 95% of the time and you wheel in at 930 after being gone all day, peeing the PM, and start handing out ice cream to the kids, people are going to be like, hey, you ain't running this show half the time. You don't just get to come in here and do what you want. And it's harder to recognize and harder to take. And so is the risk then, like when, 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 when God begins to interact in your life, that you pride past him because of the stance of, I'm not seeking to ask every day and, and verifying every decision by. I'm not submitting. I'm basically running, waiting for you to bowl me over. Uh, so I think that runs that there's actually the same risk is just expressing itself differently because like the, you still I think you're, you're still talking about a, a there's a humility in following Jesus right there's a humility and submission to God that um, that that I think I could be wrong here but I feel like you're just not going to miss it like they sense that you're walking humbly in faith I feel like if God is putting up putting the Holy Spirit in, in front of Mysia and saying you're not allowed in, I feel like you gonna catch it. So, so I mean, if I characterize that, that say like the walk of a of a of Christ follower is a uh, confident, humble walk. That's yeah. accurate. I can walk confident that I'm following the Holy Spirit and 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 humbly enough to notice when He shows up and says, "No Asia." Yeah, I I think so. Like, what's the, what's the early church pray for? Boldness, right? Like, we want we want to be bold. And so, like, there is there is a confidence, there is a boldness that's associated with it. And like, the, the, to be honest, with the the folks that the um, examples that I was thinking through, the things I'm running into, a lot of them um, are the precursor is some sort of sin in your life of which you can easily identify, right? Like, I can I can tell you when I've run into sin, sin issues in my life, I can tell you what they are, I can tell you when they happened, 
Um, and so, like, I, what I'm saying is, is that a lot of the barriers that people are running into are known barriers. Like, they're things where you look, I can't be following God here. God is not blessing my extramarital relationship. Yeah. Right? And so, like, that's, that's silliness. And so, I, I think you're hard-pressed to find someone who is, like, actually <laughs> walking humbly and faithfully uh, in a living God who, like, is then missing the, the signs that God is giving. Like, most of us are trying to explain away our own behavior that's, that justifies or, or like, uh, emboldens our own opportunities in life and try to make it look like that's what Jesus might want for us. And so, like, I mean, we're, I think we're ten steps before the problem you're talking about. Okay. It's, it's, um, it, it's actually it's, uh, it's something I, I continue thinking about, which is, like, I, I, I feel like Christianity has, has largely not been tried. It's not been tried and left wanting. It's not been tried. Like people were, we're actually just giving, giving our lives up to Jesus and saying, like, whatever you, whatever you want, I'm in. And he says, great, go about your business uh, in, the, in the means of which I've provided, right? Like I've given you how to live. I've, you've, we've got scripture on how to live. You've got a community to help you. You've got prayer for these types of things. I don't need to show up at your door and say, shave your face and try not to cuss today. Ben. Shave your face. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just not necessary. Don't use the iffy. <laughs> it's, now, it's weird. It's weird, this, this posture of humility that comes to God, uh, like, like that we rightly understand in our relationship with God. But I think we have to be careful that you don't completely diminish the capacity of which God has given you. He has empowered uh, followers of Jesus to be like Jesus and to, to do the work of Jesus. The, the, the notion of the Old Testament notion of being a kingdom of priests, right? A group of people whose job is to help mediate the relationship between God and the rest of the world. It's where, the, it's where Israel failed and where Jesus succeeds. That, that definition of God's people shows back up in Revelation. You are still a kingdom of priests. You still have work to do. And like God is saying, I want you to do it. What, what's one of the, the to, to one of the church's revelation, he says like, you, you, you're not doing the thing that you're, you're, you first did. Yeah, right. See ya. That's right. So, so like, so, so the thing is, is that like, yes, you're you're going to walk in humility, but it's not like you don't have stuff to do, and it's not like you're not capable of doing them. He's got kind of high expectations for the church to get out and do the work of the church, uh, and you do the work of the kingdom, and the people will enter the kingdom in reaction to that. And so, what what I, it's it's a hard it's a hard thing because uh, we were actually just talking about this Sunday. Is that like the, the nowhere else in the world works like this? It doesn't work where we say, try your very best, know that you're going to fall short, don't beat yourself up about it because God's got it, but don't, don't you dare dial back the effort that you're putting into the work. And like, nowhere else works like that. Any other time you put the effort forth and you fail, you want to ruminate up for a while, you try to learn your lessons from it, um, you, you take personal responsibility and guilt and go on. And like, we are fallible human beings taking forth a, um, a perfect message. And so, yeah, that's kind of a from a perfect God with a perfect Jesus as an example of who we are to do our very best to be like. Yeah, it's just not like that any other place. But like, but going back to the the example that I think, like what you're talking about, um, I feel like it's pretty clear what we're to do. And the thing that that changes is the environment of which you're doing it in, because you you work where you work, I work where I work. Dan's got work with it in, in place he's doing. He's got influence over people in certain ways in certain situations, and like. To the extent that you're following through on those and you're, you're, you're successfully executing kingdom of priest type behavior, yeah, I feel like, the Holy, like you're likely to catch the Holy Spirit saying, you know what, don't go in there. This, this, is, this is tough, right? Like, I can see how this is, a, this is a tough box to harangue because I, so think of my example. My example would be, hey, I, I think I should start a Bible study at my work or whatever. Right? Do it. 
And so, like, yeah, right. My instant reaction is is to, well, what are you waiting for? You're 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 praying and asking for the Lord's intercession when you're saying things like, "I'd like to talk to you with other people at my work uh, on a regular basis," and you want God to affirm this in some boisterous manner without pulling the trigger on it, right? Yep. But like the 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 worry is 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 like if I didn't ask God's permission and I did it and it succeeded, then I start to wear this thing as if I've come up with this great idea. And it's it's succeeding because of me, and that's that's confidence without humility, right? Like that's not a humble God God waters, you know, type of type of action. And so, um, the the worry is for maybe people that struggle with a bit of a pride problem, maybe. Yes, <laughs> right. Like when it comes to when it comes to doing things on God's behalf without or, or or to further the kingdom of God without you know humbly running running it through Him and waiting for His affirmation. It's basically uh, me sitting back and going. Look, if if I do this without hearing from you, I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna try to warp the success and and own it in some capacity, and and waiting for God to say, "Well, shut it down then," because I, I don't think that's a great idea. But you're but what you're saying is it's like this, these are unnecessary worries. If you're if you're if you're following Jesus Christ, you're asking if you should talk to other people about him. His answer is yes. I don't think you yes, need a fireworks show to get that done. You know, just pull the trigger. Hey, I wanna I wanna adopt from. Kenya. Yo, go ahead. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? I want to give money to this organization. Do you think this is a good place for our money to go, Lord? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think we've, um, uh, I think we've we've kind of done this because. Wait, wait, Mike. Let me ask you this: How do Christian How do Christian radio programs raise money? What do they say? Uh, uh, the if the Lord is asking you to give to our program, yes, you pray on it. See if the Lord strikes you. Right, we put this concept that says, like, well, you know, the Lord's got specifically He wants you to give in grace to you today. Yeah, right. And really, what we're saying is, like, soon as you put the thought on it, then you're then you it runs through your mind. It's like, well, I'm thinking about it. Is it because the Lord's had caused me to think about it? Maybe I should send him five bucks just to be covered. Right? Like, it's kind of a manipulative move, actually. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like we've given this this thing that like that God is is doing that, and like it's the hardest thing because God. This is the God that counts the hairs on your head. It's not like he doesn't know. It's not like he doesn't care. I, but what I'm telling you is, is that he, I don't I, – I, you're faithful in the means, and, like, I think God is not often haggling over the means. Like, maybe, maybe the broad point is this is not a problem we're actually having. We don't have, like – I was going to say legions, but I feel like that's not the right – I shouldn't <laughs> describe Christians that way. Let's go with hordes <laughs> or a cadre of Christians – who are all like faithfully following Christ and like I mean we're nailing at every opportunity and missing the Holy Spirit who's saying hey I, I wanted you to go to Bandit Burrito today there was a dude for you to talk to I feel like that's not actually where we're at as a culture I feel like we're five steps before that where we're debating as to well should I start that Bible study at work or should I even talk to anybody or put them off yeah. right I think that's where we're at as a culture and so like. I feel like we can cross this this missing the Holy Spirit in Maja Road when we get there, but I feel like we ain't there. <laughs> That's right. We'll address this when it becomes a when you're getting so much done on God's behalf that the God's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I need you to back up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Once again, He'll throw the brick wall in. The biblical examples seem to show, no, I'll stop you when you need to stop. You know, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what you need to do. And and actually, to coming to using that sense of sense of framework. So the guys who are like spending, you know, week after week and year over year saying, I was pleading with God to tell me and to respond back, what were they doing? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they were nothing waiting for the Lord to answer their, their plea from the shower. As opposed to like, again, it's not a problem we have. I, I feel like we're, we're, that's 10 steps back. It's not a, <laughs> it's not our, a problem. Our, our, I, so I'd say there's a situation or two in my life where I was very concerned that I didn't know what to do 
and I wanted to honor God with a decision that I needed to make. Understandable, yeah. And and so when God doesn't answer that situation, that 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 feels different. This is not like like your inclination is like I think this is the right move. I just want to run it by, I just want to run it by God and and see what He thinks. And and it's that's different from I have no clue what to do either way. Lord, I really need an answer here, and then He doesn't answer that. That feels different, and that's that that doesn't feel like it's in the same bucket. Or or just it, uh, I, I phrased that right. It doesn't feel like it's in the same bucket. Yeah. Because it, because you you know you you logicked it out, you thought about it, and you thought, boy, it's either a win win both direction, and God doesn't care, or I lose either way, and I have no idea which way to lose. I know that's going to go poorly, and so like I, I I could see that as being a a legit struggle, and and trying to figure out why God will not help you when you do honestly feel helpless in the decision that you have to make. So so okay, let's talk about that because that's the question. Then is like what. Um uh, I think we can acknowledge it's a legit feeling, right? Like, hey, I feel helpless. I'm not sure what God wants me to do. Tangible steps. What's the, what's, what's the next tangible step? Like for people to yeah. to figure this thing out? Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm going to submit that you've prayed on it, and, you've, and you're receiving no answer. That's the crux of my problem. Okay. Uh, I, I, you run it through community around you. I think they don't understand me. <laughs> All of them? <laughs> All, All of them, them aren't taking it in. All of them. I, uh, okay. okay. Uh, let's see. Um, now I've used the flip randomly through the Bible, and maybe he will answer on a <laughs> on a on this page method. <laughs> Does that work? Have you been guilty of it? Tell me. No, God will answer me on this page. No, I'm not done that. <laughs> Here's the deal. I know too much. Like I know the. I know. I'm, I know. I'm the too eight- great. <laughs> no, no. What the I Lord mean can't is, fool me with his scripture anymore. <laughs> what I mean is, eighty percent is the Old Testament. I know that. So, so then, I'm like, I'm now I'm cheating. I'm like trying to make it fall open and somewhere in the New Testament. Where I think I'll be a relevant answer. <laughs> Give me uh, a psalm. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Oh. And then you turn to Leviticus and you're like, shoot, should I get a goat? And where's all this milk coming from? <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so so here's the thing is like let let me ask you. Let's say you 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 literally have you're like I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life, Lord Jesus. And I the whole up, thing, the broad picture, Lord, I I feel like I'm just floating on a raft here. Yeah. And I would say so. So here's, hmm. I mean, I don't know how to answer that in a way like I can answer that differently for a friend. Um, because really, what I would say well, is, well, I'm your like, friend, Ben. Okay. I feel like I'm just floating on a raft. Okay. Yeah. So so uh, I would say like. Serve Jesus faithfully on a raft. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, like do what you do, serve God, and then do what you want to do. Kind of, yeah. That's what I say. Do do what you want to do, and God will tell you. If no, no, that's not that's not it. I want to play professional ping pong. Go, Go for it, Mike. Yeah, start training. But I only want to do vlogs. I don't want to interact with other people. It's just me recording ping pong videos for the internet. Here's the thing: Jesus doesn't find that acceptable. <laughs> You're supposed to take the word to the nations, and you're I'm looking even- at yourself in a camera in your bed in your basement. This is what I'm saying. These are the ideas I've come up with. I want to play. I want to play video games all day. Can I do that? <laughs> Can I, I, I'm not. I'm not sitting, but I'm also not following the Great Commission in any way. <laughs> That's sitting. Dang, you're sitting by a mission. <laughs> you're out. Yeah, here's the, so here's the thing: is like people don't like that stuff. You're just like, hey man, you 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 should go to scripture, and scripture will help you. You're like, no, it doesn't know my situation. It's like, well. I mean, yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, in general, it's uh, scripture works from a uh, it, like here's the things to do, here's the things not to do. I, I don't care who you are, uh, ref- uh, reformed friends. Uh, 
it implies that you have the choices to either do good things or not do good things. Otherwise, most of the New Testament is unnecessary. So I'm telling you, you go to the, you go to <laughs> chapter the, one, you in, don't worry about <laughs> it, or you out, stinks to be you. <laughs> yeah. Love me. Forget rest of New Testament. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying, though, is, is that, like, let's start there. Like, hey, I don't know what to do. Well, if you're stuck on a raft, let's just admit that you're stuck on a raft. Uh, uh, are we being faithful in the means on the raft that you have? And then you say to yourself, I don't want to be stuck on a raft. And I say, well, paddle to shore. Well, which way do I go? I don't care. Pick a place. If you don't really, if here's the truth, if you really, if people are like, I don't know where to go, well, then go to the left. I don't know if I should go to the left. I'm telling you to go to the left. <laughs> yeah. Give it a shot. And if you go to the left and you don't like it, paddle to the right. <laughs> Give that a go. Or walk, the, or walk the shore for a while. Here's the thing. is like if you don't know, you can just start trying options. And the cool thing is that the, the way that I think we can look at Scripture says, yeah, that's cool. Go ahead. Walk the shore. Paddle to the left. Paddle to the right. Be faithful in the means as you're doing those things. It'll shake out, friend. I promise you. Wake up in the morning and start walking a path. It's like, like we try to find too much meaning in everything. I saw a cloud that must mean something. I woke up, it means something. You know, Paul got stoned and, and almost killed. He, that'd be a pretty good sign to stop. But he didn't take it that way. No. Yeah. He didn't like, well, God's telling me to quit. He's like, I have a mission. I'm going to keep yeah. going. I guess I'll go somewhere else. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, these people seem angry. I'll try somewhere <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so he knew the core. Make disciples. All right? There yeah. you go. Yeah. I mean, so, so yeah, but, I've told you before, you know, when we were trying to decide to move here, it was a year and a half of prayer. And we finally were just like, he doesn't care. <laughs> do, do what you want. I mean, either way, it's fruitful. Either way, God, God's stuff was happening. Yeah. The right. kingdom wasn't going to lose. It could, it could gain, and it did gain coming here, but, but it would have gained there, you know, and right. what different people, you know, so. Lord, I wish to make disciples either here, here, or here. What are your thoughts? Yeah. He's like, I thought I said make disciples. He's like, here's the deal. You're not David. Do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> if I have a specific job, I'll let you know. You're the pants uh, wetter. <laughs> get, get back in your tent and be faithful in there. <laughs> Shoot. And so here's the thing. is like this direction like is, should be, it's invigorating for some people. It is a complete bummer for a bunch. I hear you. So if you're, if you're hearing how we're talking and you're like, boy, I really like the comfort of saying God guided my steps. I like the comfort of, of hearing that uh, whatever I did, God must, God had a plan in it. And he was able to, uh, and like, it must have been for a reason, whatever suffering or bad thing happened or whatever good thing happened. Like, if, if these sets of coincidences didn't occur, like, God must have been in it. Um, what, do you, what do you say to a person that says, now, I'm bummed out. I'm bummed out because you're telling me that God was, didn't do all those things. He wasn't in all the steps, and uh, he didn't have a plan for all this stuff. He, I, I could have just been doing what I want to do. How do you help him? Uh... He's <laughs> like, well, you're right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> suck it up. <laughs> Read the Bible about the sovereignty of God. He's sovereign. I mean, he's God. I, mean, I think I think that's the difference in the religion, you know, relationship issue. It's like it's neither. It's 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 he's God. He's just God, and and he's sovereign. That's right. And we're just people, and and we can complicate it and get crazy. He's still good with it. Like, okay, whatever. You know, I mean. More pain for you, but uh, whatever. Uh, back off from it. Quit being so special, and and, and just just start moving forward. Do as you, follow your heart. I hate to say that. That's kind of cliche too. Uh, <laughs> as long as it's, it's in in God, right? I mean, it's it's based in godly principles. Uh, live in a godly way, um, and and just just do it. Just 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 stop fussing over everything and being so hyper about whether you're doing the right thing today or not, you know, God's will, direction, way. 
Um, just, just live. Just live. Just live. That's so freeing. It really is because you're not second guessing. Like yeah. I, I mean, the Lord, the Lord created you as a unique being, yeah. right? But like when you run in every single decision, you know, God's like, I created you unique. If you like cocoa puffs, have some. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to run. If you know, I'm not gonna be mad at you for eating not eating the. The oat brand or whatever, like get them cocoa puffs. That's fine, right. unless you got the diabetes. Then don't do it, <laughs> right? Like I gave you a functional brain that's capable of logical thought that can put a couple thoughts together and and come up with ideas. Right? You don't have to pray to me. But like, what am I going to name my kid? Name him Stool. It doesn't matter to me, <laughs> right? Like I just need him to follow me. I love him. I love Stool. <laughs> and so, like, it, it is weird. Like, if you were to look back at 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 some of the things that you've prayed for mm-hmm. or that you've asked God to intercede on. And then you, you, you think about his character and who he is. And, like, sometimes his, it just feels like his reaction is like, wow, you know, if you wouldn't have spent all this time, you know, worrying about this thing, you could have just done this thing and moved on. Like, I, you could have done all this already. And you, you second-guessed yourself or you had no confidence that, that I would have your back when the time comes. You know what I'm saying? Like, the trapeze guy is a lot more confident hitting the, hitting the trapeze when he knows that the net will stop him in case he starts to hit the ground, right? And so, like, can we have some type of confidence that we could put, put, this, put some thoughts together, follow Jesus in a bold way, yeah. and, if, and if we really screw it up and we do something completely outside uh, God's path that will harm us or put us in some real straits, that will be like, I, I, I got it. I, 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 I can see you're bold. I see your heart. I see your mind. I know what you're doing. You know, I'm not just going to let you fall just because I'm maniacal and like to watch you fail. I, th- I, th- I think it's a shift in how we pray because rather than sitting at a, at a red light, Thinking and, and just 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 painting over. Okay, am I going to eat breakfast at Hy-Vee or Cozy Cafe? God, where do you want me to go? And you're sitting there, and people are honking at you, and you can't decide. You turn right or left. Maybe the better prayer is, okay, God, I'm going to go eat. I put someone in my path that needs to hear your word. Yeah, it might be there might be someone at Hy-Vee and someone at Co- Cozy Cafe that needs to hear, and and you just need to ask God to put them in your path and put me in the right path or whatever, you know. But, but yeah. it's just a shift in prayer. That way you're not sitting there at high V thinking, man, I should have went to Cozy Cafe. Yeah, uh, I probably did this wrong. There's you a know? guy who needed to talk to Jesus, and I decided I only had six bucks. I can't go to the high V at that price. <laughs> <laughs> i got to go to the Cozy Cafe. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, not to belabor this point, I guess, but um, uh, I was going to ask, so now then, relative to that, what do you do with like uh, James chapter one, where it says that like if you if you lack wisdom, ask and it will be provided. Mm-hmm. Ben says, "Yeah, you do it. <laughs> you ask for wisdom, and then you move." So, so what, uh, how would I? So, man in shower praying for years says God does never never responds to me, and he says he's been asking for wisdom, and he doesn't ever hear anything back. I mean, wisdom's not actually accessible until it's in practice, right? A wise, like they always say, a wise man keeps his mouth shut, but no one can ever prove you to be wise if you never do anything. And so, like, how will you ever know if the Lord provided this wisdom unless you interact or do something to show that wisdom has, has shown up? If you yeah. continually wait for the gift of wisdom, but never actually try to put it into practice, you could have had it for years. Well, but I, I think the, the contention would be is they never received the wisdom to put into practice. Hey, Lord, what am I supposed to do? I, I lack wisdom. I want you to tell me. Actually, that would be a tough slog because every day I would be like, I think the wisdom has arrived. And I'd say something and I'd go, nope, <laughs> still a dummy. <laughs> so my, I was talking to my daughter this morning. We're, we're going to Zimbabwe in a few weeks. And uh, we were talking to the, the preacher there that we're going to be working with. And he said, one of the things he said, you know, hey, maybe we can go out and do some street evangelism. And, and I'm thinking, okay, that's going to intimidate our group. You know, because we just don't do that. Yeah. Right? right. And my daughter was like, oh, man, I don't know about that. And so here's the deal. I don't do it either. It's, it is intimidating. But you know what? 
Uh, I don't think Peter was known as a great preacher before Acts. You know, right? If if God's got something for you, He's going to give it to you. Just 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 go and open your mouth and let God work through you. Right. Oh, okay. That's true because I mean, the alternative is is him and Elijah laughing at you yeah. from the heavens, yeah. <laughs> like. What an idiot. <laughs> they just opened their mouth and giving it to him. Did you see where Dan tried to glorify our kingdom and screwed it up something fierce? <laughs> what a doofus. <laughs> All of Africa collapsed. Yeah, they gave up on Christianity completely. <laughs> Send in the Hindus. <laughs> I, can't, I can't deal with this Jesus that Dan's talking about. <laughs> it's just as you go. We're, we're gonna, there's, there, there's a chicken place down the road from where we're staying. I bet we go there and we'll talk to people. That scares the heck out of me. I yeah. don't do that. Yeah. I like relationships, people. Yeah, that'll be interesting, Dan. And I'll open my mouth, and I'll see what comes out. (laughs) And I might embarrass everybody a few times. Yeah. But that's okay. That's where wisdom comes from. Don't do it that way next time. And once again, right? Like, what's what's the thing we're most afraid of, right? You're going to say, hey, you know... Uh, can I talk to you about Jesus? And they can say, no, I hate you. <laughs> okay. okay. Or like, hey, let me talk to you about Jesus. And then you armpit fart for no reason. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, what is the scariest possible thing? That, right. You know, that, like, that, that you went out and said, I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. And they say, look, I'm not interested. And Amen. you're like, oh, you hate me as a person. <laughs> you know, that's what we think. When I first started preaching, I did all kinds of crazy stuff. We were on the east side of Des Moines. And my wife and I would just go door to door and knock on doors and just, hey, can I have a Bible study? <laughs> you're looking for a church and we had a few people slam doors on it. nobody nobody shot us yeah we were never physically harmed they might have looked at us like what what who why? are you, you know? why is that but there were some people we we actually made connections with and, and we had a bible say last probably two years from from just randomly knocking on a door now, i don't do that anymore maybe i should maybe you should <laughs> Dang. Hey, if it sounds like a good idea to you, do it. Yeah, Don't yeah. even ask the Lord, Dan. Just head right out. <laughs> I'm going to spend a few this. weeks in the shower first. Bless this vi- villager <laughs> Bible study I'm going to do. <laughs> what do I say? Oh, I, listen. Okay, so so here's here's what I'll say. Is like if you're the, if you're if you resemble these remarks, <laughs> um, I, I get it that your heart is in the right place. Like I I know what you're trying to do. There's, it is in your mind that this is, this is a, either an attempt to validate God's presence in your life and your relationship with him, uh, or uh, it is your attempt to be faithful in the means by crying out and making sure you're, you're doing the things that you're supposed to do. Um, I would say that uh, I don't want to use the phrase God trusts you more than that because that's not necessarily the case. Um, but, like, we, we are a – he is given – his people a remarkable amount of freedom to be um, the unique to, to, to like live out the uniqueness that they are in the work that he's given them to do and it's 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 interesting because like we all have basically the same work but how it gets done who it gets done with where it gets done um, is a wide variety it it takes all kinds and like he uses all kinds and so. Um, I, you know, I, this, everyone has moments of like, I'm not sure what to do. And, um, I, I'm not sure the biblical precedent says that, that he's, he's going to show up and tell you exactly what you want to hear and a clear direction every time that you ask for it. Um, and so you're going to have to do uh, what everybody has to do, which is, uh, you're just going to have to keep moving and be faithful in the means that you have. If you're not sure what to do, try something. And if it's not working out, try something else. It's okay. There's not a sense of failure in here. Because here's the thing is if you were faithful paddling to the left 
And if you're faithful in the means, paddling to the left, it's not a failure, even if you don't stay to the left. You go somewhere else, you do something else there. Again, we'll go back to Paul as a good example. Like, man gets stonings. Man gets chased out of town multiple times. He gets confused for a Greek god. And, like, he, you don't, he, he, you see him talking to people and trying to get them to stop the behavior, but like we just don't get this sense that he's lamenting and saying, oh, man, maybe I made a series of bad decisions. Because yeah. they weren't bad decisions. I yeah. question my whole life right now. Like the Holy Spirit was mad at me for even thinking about going to Asia. No, it was just a, I don't know, I don't want you there. Oh, man, that's a good example, right? I probably would take that harshly. I'm like, oh, man, what, how could I be so daft and, and ignoring the Spirit for him to have to stop me from going into Mysia? But, like, what the heck? That's a... He did exactly what I would expect him to do. Step in and say, hey, I, want, I don't want you to go in here. I'm like, oh, well, great. That's not me in trouble. That's him doing exactly what I would expect him to do and saying, don't come, go somewhere else. I'm like, yeah, oh, there are places to go. Yeah. And, <laughs> and actually, that's the, that's the coolest part of the story, I suppose, relevance to what we're talking about. You notice when it stopped him from going to Mysia, the Holy Spirit did not tell him where to go. It <laughs> yeah. took, it took like, just not Mysia. <laughs> yeah. Just don't go here. And they had to keep going. And then they have the dream of the Macedonian man. Like, you didn't even get it bundled together. Like that, uh, like the story of that angel that released, uh, got Peter out of prison in Acts and like, the, the angel shows up, whacks him, like wakes him up, drags him out into the middle of town, and then just leaves. It doesn't say, great, I, I brought you out of the jail, and you will fulfill the following purposes. Like, it just broke him out of jail, and that was it. And then he, he had to decide what to do from there. And so, like, your expectations, I just want... so cool. Like, it's just not, it's not the God that we that we tend to paint to people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he'll, he'll make the, the paths straight, and... He'll show you the way. And he breaks out the rock of the church, Peter, drops him in the middle. He's an escaped prisoner. Puts him in the middle of town and goes, good luck. <laughs> I got you out to prison. Best I can do. <laughs> even even Pentecost, right? They're, they're, they're sitting there praying, and the Spirit comes upon them. And, like, you don't get instructions from the Lord. He doesn't go, great, I've hooked you up with the Holy Spirit. Here's how you use it to your best advantage. Like, the natural reaction is to say, the Lord has given us stuff. Head out. And let's tell people about we have good news. How could we keep it? Mm. And right. And so, like, it doesn't matter who they run into. That was the that's the thing. Right. Like Christianity. Um, I, I don't know how we've got such a varied rap with our denominations and with all the way that people expect Christians to act like we, we everyone's got the same kind of kind of the bent. Like we've got the same thing to do. And like the consistency among the things, like Christians are known for this. They're gonna they're gonna love and care for the poor. They're gonna tell people about Jesus, and they're gonna like share good news to help them change the world. That's it. That's what Christians are gonna do. And we're, oh, we're gonna teach them the commands that Jesus gave because it's the second half of the group, great uh, commission. And so like we're gonna do those things, and like we should expect everybody to do those things. I, I don't know about you fellows, but I feel like again, this is not a the the problems that exist after that point aren't problems that we're having. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're not great commissioning. Like ninety percent of the time, so for us to be like freewheeling around going, well, what do we do with ourselves? Well, why don't we start with the Great Commission work and do it wherever you're at on the raft, and then then we'll figure it out from there where that's not working, or that you feel like that you've talked to everybody on the raft. Yeah. So I, maybe that's not an encouragement to you who feels like Jesus isn't with you every step of the way because he is with you every step of the way. He's just excited potentially to see what you're going to do. <laughs> He's like, great, go out and do. That's fantastic. I will help, and that's awesome. And so, uh, so some, some of that is, is difficult because it puts a lot more of your life in your hands than what you thought was there. And, uh, I, I mean, that's just the nature of that's, uh, that's life. It's, 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 I mean, it's a long discussion, right? But, the, like, there's a lot to digest there, and there's a lot to put in perspective and maybe take a look at, at your life and say, how much weight have I added onto myself for absolutely no reason? Like, how many things am I upset about or I'm weighed down by this decision or whatever? 
and 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 like it's way unnecessary. Right. Was like I supposed to eat at the buffet? Yeah. I mean, the burden <laughs> is light, and you adding it on. You putting stuff on your back. Like I, I gotta, I gotta carry this big decision I made. And, and feel it like a big loser, spiritual guy. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. I, I feel like you're not with me on this thing. God's yeah. like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm You're not. Right. I mean, go for it. I'm not. Ag- I mean, I'm not against, but I'm, I'm not for it. You just do it. You know, if you want to do it or whatever, just follow me when you're doing it. Like, I'll, there'll be people along the way. Actually, second, that's the second good question. Can you think of a biblical example where, but outside of like Saul or David, like people who are anointed king or prophet, um, do you see God telling people to do a specific vocation? I can't think of one. But no. Again, but besides of like prophets and kings, like people who require anointing. <laughs> uh, no. Like you hear that uh, descendants of uh, certain folks, like or the people that were the woodworkers or the people, the shepherds and all that kind of stuff. And so, like, I get that, but like, I, you know, again, like, what? That's a major thing, Lord. I, I need to make a career decision. Uh, I will wait for the Lord to tell me. And I, maybe some people have heard uh, from God about that kind of thing, but like. I just, you know, biblically, I just don't, we're not seeing it. I'm not seeing that, like, people are constantly saying, Lord, shall I be a, shall I be an iron worker? And he's like, you know what, I put the thought on it, and I, yes, I think you should yeah, be an iron I've worker. I've looked at the benefit packages, and I thought, yeah, <laughs> iron worker. <laughs> Stop making those tents, Paul. <laughs> what kind of vocation is that for a traveling guy getting beat with stones? Ridiculous. <laughs> you know, you should be a shipbuilder. Maybe you wouldn't get on such rickety crafts all the time. <laughs> I mean, inspect the thing before you get on there. <laughs> All right, all right. You're listening live from the path. Uh, oh man, oh, we're about to tuck up the show. So uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my Pope style advice super quick. Uh, Mike, set me up. Uh, so uh, Ben, there's a bunch of man. I haven't done this forever. There's a bunch of people on the lawn, and they're demanding that they uh, hear from the Pope. And uh, I I was talking to them and saying, hey, I didn't know the Pope was here. They're like, oh yeah, he's wearing a ball cap, and he's on live from the path. <laughs> I said that ain't a Pope, and they're like. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we prayed about it. The Lord said, Pope. <laughs> and so apparently, Ben, they ain't gonna leave until you give them some kind of advice, Pope style, to get them off your lawn. Yeah, best in the biz, Mike. That's the best setup. <laughs> best setup, man. We've ever come. I mean, you're the nines. <laughs> All right, here's go. Here's here's my uh, so the point of the Pope style advice is I have to give advice to get these people to get off my lawn, make them believe I'm the Pope. Uh, also, something that's relevant to my life. And so here's uh, the quick and dirty of it is um, is to listen. Um, Part of the conversation, um, some of the folks that are, uh, I think, struggling in some of the stuff that we were actually just talking about, um, but also people that are struggling in with the faith at all, um, there's either competing worldviews or there are um, there's struggles with their experience. And I uh, maybe just reinforcing for me personally, be, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Um, Oftentimes, Christianity, I'm not, actually, that's not true, not Christianity. Let's go with Christians. Um, we, we have an answer for things. Like, we're prepared. Like, we, we want to be prepared to say, hey, you're thinking this wrongly, um, and it's causing you unnecessary harm. And I, there is a place for that because I think true things are what actually helps change how people think and, and, and feel about things. Um, but I, I, I do think that uh, sometimes in my own life, um, and I think some of the situations that we've been talking about, uh, you pull the trigger too early on the advice. You pull the trigger, like I've, you've not gotten the, the, the listened closely to the nuance of, of where people are at. And the, the risk you run um, with doing that is it, it starts to sound like God can't solve their particular problem or like, um, or that they're somehow people are validated. If you try to provide them help or advice to a problem that they're not quite having, 
it seems to validate that their situation is unique and that there probably isn't an answer for it. Um, and so I, I'm saying this not because it's not totally cool to say true things to people that are struggling with stuff, but like there was, um, I'll give you actually another situation. There was an article on, um, uh, Christianity Today. There's a, someone's going to hold a rally in, uh, Washington, D.C. And it's a, it's, uh, a group of people who were formerly, um, uh, gay, lesbian, um, transgender, like whatever. So they're, they're getting together and like there's a, there's a load of them who have since met Jesus. Two of them were at that, um, Pulse nightclub that got, um, that got attacked in, in Florida. And so, so anyway, I, I was reading the article on it and, uh, it's such a, it's such a difficult, it's a touchy thing anyway, um, to talk about. And like it's, it's very much tied up in, in people's identity, uh, and who they believe themselves to be and how God might react to that. And so I, anyway, the, the, the interview was with the guy who had kind of started it and he was, um, um, a transgender, uh, fella and he had, um, he was, you know, for like 15 years. So he was, he was, had lived a, a gay lifestyle and then transgenderism for a couple of years. And then like he met Jesus and like his life has changed. And like listening to him talk about it, um, one of the things that, um, like when he talks about his own experience, I, I thought, you know, how many times could that guy maybe have shared his, his story or, or where he's at in life? And like, we probably didn't listen long enough to even have the right conversation. Right. Um, because like, if there's an obvious problem, when a man has a, has a knife sticking out of his arm, you, you bring it up and you're like, Hey, I mean, you have a knife in your arm or yeah, I know you're a fella and you're wearing a dress and like, that's kind of the knife in the arm problem here. So let's talk about that. Right. And so to the extent that, um, that one's a little bit easier to identify, but I, I guess what I was thinking today was that, um, how often do I, do I feel like I've taken in the whole situation when I actually haven't, like I didn't listen long enough to recognize where people were and it doesn't matter. Like it's true that the knife in the arm is a, is a legit problem. Um, but like, I didn't listen long enough to figure out how it got there, why he left it there. Um, you know, what situations came about that, that, that put it, put it there. And, and that like, that's probably the crux of actually getting people to, um, uh, to understand what's actually going on. Um, because a lot of times, and I think what he was getting at was, um, is like he was, he was looking for, um, a community that would accept him. He was looking for a people who would love him. They cared for him. Um, and like, that's actually, that's not the same problem as, Hey, you should just stop wearing the dress, right? Like that's not, that's, it's, it's the kind of the thing, but it's not the thing. And so anyway, I, I say that only because I, I, I just, I think that we, um, it, it doesn't cost you anything just to listen a little longer. Um, and, and, and we can, I think, learn a little bit about ourselves. I think we can learn more about people. And it's not that the Bible doesn't have answers. It's not like God doesn't have answers. Um, and that he might not even, he might even be using you to provide true things. Cause again, it is truth that actually changes the world. Um, but, uh, I would say that, um, whatever your impulse is, like try to hang out for like another, another like longer i'll just say longer however long it is just try to double it see if you can stretch it out a little bit listen just a little longer before you open your face <laughs> about something um it just seems like something that i could um would definitely benefit me um and, and i would say it, it it causes us to not close down conversations before they have to right to the extent that 
you're only listening so that you can speak, even if what you're speaking is good and from your perspective is filled with grace. If you stop listening so that you could speak, like that's you're not going to make any headway on the, on the people that you're actually trying to interact with. And they're not you've wasted your words because they're not going to hear it. And there's no reason to waste your words by not listening first. That's kind of the, that's kind of the major point. So anyway, that's uh, that's Pope style advice. Get off my lawn. I liked it. I, I faded out halfway through, though. I wasn't really listening. <laughs> I listened twice as long. Dan's listened twice as long. I just wanted to respond. <laughs> All right, I, get- think, I think it's accurate, though. We, we, we give someone a label, then we just we already decide what we want to decide about them. We don't listen to them and talk to them. Yeah, and that that's a huge lesson. This guy and this guy, I should I should um, I should have brought the article. That, well, brought it in like I have clips of the newspaper in my house. Paper copy. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> in either case, in the um, briefcase section of my journal. <laughs> so, so what's interesting, right, is that like so, this is the, our, so, such a complicated uh, business that we're in because. Um, as much as I, I look and say, hey, we run a risk of being so media heavy, like we're always posturing our church services and outreach programs to like the um, the, the easiest place to spread, which is like Internet, uh, Internet based. Right. This guy stayed connected to a church um, with he was he grew up kind of in a Jesus household. And then like just every once in a while would would tuck in and listen to like a there's like a pastor he was listening to. And he'd watch it just every once in a while. And he was like convicted of some things, but like it wasn't, he didn't want to get out of the lifestyle that he was in. But like there was just something that kept drawing him back into still listening. And I thought, that guy's nailing it actually. <laughs> like he's, he's actually still listening to something that he would believe is openly, um, that a lot of people would describe as antagonistic against him in general. And like he's still listening. Uh, and I wonder, and, and, and I thank God that that avenue was open to him and that he connected with it. And that's a conversation that he was still willing to be a part of. And I just wonder, like, we're, we're supposed to be like, that's us, actually. We should be rocking that type of thing. Um, and uh, because we are so, again, it comes from, I think, from the right heart. We're so eager to say, I think your life changes if you can just take in the true thing that I'm, I think I'm going to say to you. Uh, we've, we've not actually listened long enough to be heard when we want to speak and um, that's, there's no reason to waste God's word on poor behavior on our part. All right. Uh, Mike, Pope Star, or, uh, dear life from the path. Dear life from the path. My daughter is 19 and lives with me. She is seeing a 26 year old man who has a child with another woman. He didn't marry. Oh. When my daughter goes out with him, he keeps her out until three thirty AM. Wait, how old is she again? She's 19. Okay. Three thirty AM or later. He has done this twice that I know of. I had a conversation with him, and he assured me he would make sure she is home before midnight, to no avail. I don't think he's good for my daughter. Should I forbid her from seeing him because she lives in my house, or let her make her own decision? We are not going to raise a baby out of wedlock. Dean's dad. It's the dad. Yeah, it's the dad. Man, well, you got to have the conversation because you care. I don't know. I mean, she's 19. She's living in your home, but but it doesn't mean you dictate every decision she makes. And right. I, I mean, I think you gotta have a conversation out of love to say this is this is you're possibly going down a bad road here. I she you won't listen. You don't like the guy. That's. I mean, you just don't like them. Why don't you just yeah. write a letter that says you know I don't like this dude? I mean, a 19 year old staying out till 3:30 a.m. Like they just do that, right? Yeah. Like I know plenty of people that aren't out. Drinking and drugging and causing a bunch of trouble, but they stay out till three thirty in the morning. They just yeah. kids do that when they in the teens or whatever in the crazy times. 
Uh, they're not hanging around 26 year olds, though. Well, I don't know. I mean, granted, like this, this relationship with this man is weird. I feel like you, wouldn't you would rather say, look, I, I need to have a conversation with my daughter on a real level. Like, what's going on with this, yeah. with you dating this, this fella? Like, are you taking on a relationship where, I mean, you're, you're moving yourself right into the role of a mom for a kid. You know what I'm saying? Is, is this what you want? Is this what you, I mean, you know, and, and maybe she won't take it right. Maybe she will. But like you forbidding it ain't going to make nothing happen. Yeah. No, and obviously, like, your problem to sack the dude with, with this thing, I mean, your daughter ain't coming home before midnight either. Yeah. Right? And, like, either she doesn't have any influence over this man or doesn't care, which I think is, is likely the second option. And so um, I, I think you do have a place to say, look, it's, since she's living at your place, and say, look, uh, it's you wake us up when you guys are coming home. You got to be home before midnight. Like, I, I, you probably could have the conversation because they live at your place because you could do the same thing if you were a landlord renting out a room. So if you want to think of it that way, I think that's a reasonable part of the conversation. But it's not necessarily because your daughter. It's just because there's someone living in your house and they're waking you up at night. Yeah, I mean, this is this is I mean, I don't know how people run their house. Right. But like if, if this if I'm this dad and I'm in this situation and I seriously I want you home before midnight because I'm going to bed and my door locks at midnight. And so either you're in when the door's locked or you or you stay out. So I mean, sleep outside if that's going to be your deal or whatever. But like. I'm going to bed. I can't control you, but I want my door locked at midnight. And so when I go to bed, the door locks. You best be inside if you want to sleep in here. Yeah, I mean, what's she going to say? Uh, if you do that, I'll stay out night with out all night with this boy. You were out all night. You're already doing that. I mean, you know, I, I, if you ain't going to listen to reason, you don't want to talk to me about it. I, I can't control any of that. But, like, I, otherwise, what's the point of the curfew? Is there a reason for having a curfew on a 19-year-old at, at midnight? I mean, does are you worried about her welfare? Or the state of things. What do you think? What do you think goes on after midnight that doesn't go on at eleven thirty? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just something yeah. to say. I like to keep my sinning behavior to early mornings <laughs> before the sunrise <laughs> in this hallway of sunshine that I borrowed from Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I would agree. This was more of a relationship issue with the daughter. Um, and I think you've got to uh, you can you can try your best to positively influence this thing if you want to look at it as a, from a landlord perspective because she's in your house. I think you probably have a reasonable conversation there. I mean, here's the thing: it's like it's um, it's already been broken. Hey, yes, yes, ma'am, I'll have her home before midnight, and did not do it. Like this man has no respect for you, and frankly, I think your either your daughter doesn't know about it, which I doubt, or she doesn't either, and so that doesn't like. You can work on that relationship, and then uh, you might—I I might take the "Hey, look, we're going to lock the door" tact. I again, I—I I don't think you need to feel guilty about that. You're not inviting behavior that's either not already happening or like is going to happen. Well, I think that's an expectation thing on his end, right? Because the last sentence he had was, "We are not going to raise a baby out of wedlock." I mean, I think they can figure out the time restraints and, and, and figure out how to get this bopping done before they come home at midnight, too. Yeah, I mean, here's the problem. is like, actually, in the back of my mind, in a similar situation, I uh, I feel like I would say, these people are totally irresponsible. I will, I will raise that baby. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that kid. These people can't make any sense of living at all. Yeah, I mean, what am I going to do? <laughs> the kid's already on the way. <laughs> Might as well take them. All right, Segular says, your 19-year-old daughter is considered to be an adult, even if she's not acting like it. Tread carefully, because if you forbid her to see this man, she may rebel by moving out and in with him. You have the right to make clear to her that under no circumstances will you raise a baby out of wedlock, and that if she gets her pre- if he gets her pregnant, she'll be on her own. Great. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what you want to do. And while you're at it, point out that her school or job will suffer if she continues the late hours she's been keeping. <laughs> 
remind her that what she's doing is irresponsible and will keep her from succeeding if she doesn't straighten up. Then cross your fingers that your daughter will get the message. <laughs> what are you, you and eight old biddies <laughs> playing canasta going to deal out this life advice? You, you couldn't sound more detached from the situation your daughter's in. I mean, holy cow, you better straighten up. <laughs> this is irresponsible. Your work will suffer. <laughs> no. Well, <sighs> uh, I just, I mean, I, I would never use the phrase, under no circumstances will you raise a baby out of wedlock, and then if you get her pregnant, she'll be on her own. Like, if you do something I don't like, we're going to disown you. That's the way love works. You act the way I expect you to act, and if you do not do that, my love go, comes away. <laughs> I take my love back. Yeah, I mean, it's not a, um, I mean, not that everything has to fall into this bucket, but like, that's not the realm of natural consequences. Natural consequences, you're supposed to be home by this, this time. If you're not there, you are unable to get into the house. That's kind of a natural consequence. Yeah. Uh, a natural consequence of, frankly, of having a baby out of wedlock is the trouble. There's, there's going to be problems that come with it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that you have to compound by, by, by severing ties here. Uh, I, I think, I think the, the, one of the core points though is, is this? There is a legitimate worry about if you take X step, someone might do Y, um, and I think that is a very difficult place because it comes it comes out of concern for whoever's on the other end of it, and to say, look, I don't want to press too hard, or I don't want to do this because if I do, they might go, uh, they might further go away from me and get into a life of crime, or join the circus, or have out out of wedlock babies, or whatever. Sure. And like, here's the thing: is is I get that caution. I've I've gone to bed many nights with an anxiety around that very real concern, um, but it's it's just not reasonable. It's not a reasonable concern. Like it, there are things that you just can't control in someone's life, right? Like if you say, um, as long as the reaction that you're taking is wise um, and it is it is appropriate appropriately loving and encouraging and um, truth-filled and like whatever good things, way, ways in which you're supposed to communicate with someone. As long as it is those things, you simply cannot control the outcome. You are not causing your daughter to have a child out of wedlock by saying you need to be home before midnight. You're, ju- you're just not responsible. And if she says, look, if you lock the door, uh, I'm, I will get impregnated. Yeah, I'm going to, we're going to impregnate the porch or something like, like or we're going to go, uh, I'm going to move in with this fella. Like, you're not, you can't be held hostage in your, own, in your own life because someone is threatening to do something stupid to or with themselves, uh, if you do not bend to their will. Yeah. Um, that's not a relationship. It, it isn't. And like, I know, I know we get there because you care about the other person, but like, it's it's a false reality. It implies that there is um, that you have control over their behavior. And frankly, if you had control over their behavior, they wouldn't be acting this way. That's so. That's yeah. the thing. Is like the, the way they're behaving already that made the ultimatum come up is the very, very proof to you that you can't do anything about it. They are going to make their own decisions. And so, one, stop doing false ultimatums. But two, um, you've you've got to try to disassociate like any implication that. By acting appropriately and reasonable on your end, they might careen off the off the cliff. I, you know, I hate to. It feels like you're disassociating, saying you don't care. You very much do care. But like people that are going to be jump off the cliff, and that are looking for a reason to do it, they'll find it somewhere else. It, it doesn't have to be your thing. So just you know, I don't know. It's a tough road. There's a, there's nothing that makes that easier because like it still means that someone might do something stupid. 
um, and harmful to themselves. And there's no getting around the fact that you care about people and are upset when they do something stupid. Um, but but it, from a guilt perspective, just be real careful about, about laying that on you. Um, people do make their own decisions. You're going to have to respect that that's actually the case. You have less control of your life than you think. Yeah. Well, one more quick one. Yeah, one more. <clears throat> Dear Life from the Path, I need advice about my son. He has started doing bicycle training with a coach and some other cyclists, and he likes it a lot. But I continually hear about accidents with bicycles, and every time he goes, I am frightened for him. My husband was a cyclist for many years, and he encourages him. I want to do the same, but fear stops me. What must I do? I pray every time he goes and surrender him to God. Is this the right way? Uh, are they reformed? <laughs> I don't know how you get a job as a bicycle coach. You know, get on bike, ride bike. <laughs> they they have a guy. It's like the guy that that uh, tells the 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 coxswain. Who's the, what's the name of the guy in the in the boat where they, he tells people to row? Oh yeah, yeah. Stroke, stroke. That guy, the guy with the whip. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Some of them. They're slave ships. <laughs> Mike, it's the Olympic sport where there's like t- eight, ten oh, guys oh. rowing, and he's saying stroke. Not like kind of physical rods. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what you're talking about. I'm like, who gets a job? I mean, if everyone is on the rowboat voluntarily rowing, I don't know. The, can't they just figure it out together and go like one and stroke and... I mean, I said row, Wellington the third. I mean, is there Chad in the back can't figure it out? Because I'd kick him right off the rowing team. <laughs> I mean, they still do. It's like conducting an orchestra. You feel like those people could keep time, but they still have a guy up there doing the, doing the finger dance. I don't know if that's apples to apples. Same. What's your encouragement for this woman? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, people can die doing anything. She hears of accidents with bikes, Ben. Yeah. She's been in this life forever. Her she husband. That's a son. It's life. a boy. Let him be a boy. Yeah. I mean, what have you been doing with this kid up until now? She married a daredevil. Her, her husband did it, too. So he's a cyclist. What's she expect? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not juggling flaming bowling pins. <laughs> you know, he's just, he's just a dude riding a bike. I mean, I feel like a, like an eight-year-old, normal eight-year-old kid riding a bike is probably more dangerous than professional cyclist. With a coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I heard it's cool to try to deliver papers and try to get away from tornadoes and dogs. <laughs> but really, it's best to just ride a regular bike in a regular way. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. There's not anything anybody's ever done in the free world of which you cannot Google and find some doofus that's injured himself doing it. Yeah. So, I mean... Adam I mean, Peeler gone wrong. Here's the deal. Toenails unclipped. You get to a certain age, you hurt your back getting out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean you don't get out of bed that day or stop getting out of bed entirely or sleep standing up. Like, these are not reasonable options. There's just some risk in everyday life. Does she take a car? Anywhere? I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, so like... I mean, that, uh, this, is a, this is half the thing we've been talking about, right? I pray every time he goes and surrender him to God. Like, you might have been just attaching a little too much weight to him not being in your presence. <laughs> is it any, Right? When he's near me, I got him. When he's away, <laughs> God will cover him. <laughs> is it any consolation if he were to die or ser- get seriously injured that you turned him over to the Lord in the process? So that you can say, when, when you go visit him in the hospital and said... This is God's problem. Yeah. <laughs> I turned him over to you. I told him to take care of you, and he did not. I mean, these are the exact things that puts people in the Smoky Mountain Jesus problems, where they start whiffing away, where they're like, God, I prayed and asked you to keep an eye on my cycling boy, and then he fell off his bike. Now you owe me an apology. Right. Why didn't you Why didn't you watch over him? 
everyone yeah. said biking was okay. And maybe guys like, look, ride the bike. Don't ride the bike. I don't care. Don't make this my problem, right? Get on it or don't get on it. There's risk associated with two-wheeled travel. It's I'm weird because, like, she's probably praying for that. Uh, but, like, I mean, do you pray every time you get in a car? Because, I mean, literally you're more likely to get into an accident, one that will cause death when you got two, you know, 2,500-pound machines coming 50 miles an hour at each other as opposed to uh, bike versus rock. Uh, I mean, oh no! It's one of the, like you've just you've got a heightened a heightened oh, sense Lord. of danger here that I think is not it's not. Um, Lord, you were supposed to clear the path, <laughs> and they have all kinds of pads and everything. I mean, p- sure, people break bones and stuff, but yeah, I mean, you know, they, I mean, don't go riding in the Compton or whatever. I mean, just go take a stroll <laughs> through the park. Or stay out of the knife garden. I don't know. Deal with things as they come. I mean, they're just, again, I, this seems like a less of a problem. Her question is, is this the right way? No. You're overreacting. You should be more uh, worried about the chicken fingers he's eating all the time because it's fried foods that's going to kill him. Yeah. You should be happy he's healthy and riding a cycle. Yeah. Still, no, I should play video games at home and watch cartoons. I might get a job as a bicycle coach. Get on the bike, fellas. Ride it about. <laughs> the same job as a track coach, right? Run fast. <laughs> yeah. Pedal, pedal. Clockwise. When you hear gun, go. <laughs> Wait, counterclockwise? Yeah. Oh, crap. Billy? Counterclockwise. <laughs> Shoot. I'm out. All right. Uh, here's the secular advice. A mother's primary instinct is to protect her young. Problem is, parents can't protect their children in every circumstance, and cycling is a mode of transportation being promoted everywhere. It's what? A, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Do the right thing, cycle. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Secular. She has really gone straight to the old folks' home with most of her advice. It, uh, she continues, it's a plus that your son is working with a coach, presumably one who understands the hazards and road conditions in your city. <laughs> yeah, because an out-of-town man can't recognize asphalt that takes a lift. <laughs> we don't have these in my town. It's straight on till morning, and then you end up on the other side of town. <laughs> Under the circumstances, you're doing the best you can and you are doing the right thing. There's no requirement that you must encourage your son as his father is doing. I believe in the power of prayer, and if it makes you feel better, it is absolutely the right thing to do. I mean, I do believe in the power of prayer, I guess. Is it wrong to take... You don't want to take this away from this woman. If she finds God's healing and love in praying for her son's bicycle thing, is that... That's all right. Is it... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is all right. Like to each his own. So to the extent that you do, it's not harmful. I'll just put it that way. Uh, I, I don't think except it's except for when you blame God because you surrendered him uh, to the kid and the kid got hurt anyway. And then I have to explain it on the other side. Actually, I was having that conversation with my wife about that Jeremiah verse. She was going to write in for somebody, uh, and I said, "Look, I, I mean, is it causing problems in people's lives? Uh, probably not." But, like, except for, like, things like that happen, and then you got to try to talk them out of, like, hey, well, you didn't really understand that, right? Like, they don't want to hear it. And then now, now I'm hosed. Well, what, I mean, what, ask the kid who got who's burned with a birth, birth defect or something. It's like, God knit me together like this. Screw you. Yes, why did you, you create me with this whatever non-normal thing, you know? Like, that's harder to take in. People who are perfectly all right and like themselves are like, oh, yeah, God made this. <laughs> It's dead on. <laughs> he did good. Yeah, he did good, if I say so myself. All right. Uh, you're listening to Life for the Path. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we appreciate it. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the show. If you've got any feedback for us, shoot us an email. Info at livefromthepath.org, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, in the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.